listening to the Views from the John podcast. Hosted by comedian John Ares. Welcome back to a brand new, long overdue episode as I struggle to get the mic out of the holder. I am John Ares, your host, and this is episode number 80 of the Views from the John podcast, hosted by me. Hello, my name's John. Just like that appliance that you might find in your bathroom or outhouse, you know, the one you pee, you poop, and possibly puke into, I'm the same as that apparatus, except my name doesn't contain an H. All right, good to meet you, good to see you. I know it's been a while, probably not long enough. It's great to see you guys, but I know the feeling's not mutual, but hey, I came to grip with that years ago. It's all right. First things first, you might notice something glaringly different about me today. That's right, folks. I woke up this morning and I felt more brave and empowered to come before you and do something drastically different. You know what that is? If I do this with my head, do you have to turn away from the screen? Is there a sun flare? That's right, folks. I have had enough of covering up my dickhead because I'm ashamed. You know, I had to give into the pain. It's not easy being a middle-aged man and feeling completely emasculated by my inability to grow hairs on the top of my head. I mean, I can grow a couple hairs on the top of my head, but it would literally look like a farmer's crop that had a crop circle in it. It's not a good look. Now, granted, I can still grow hair around the sides of my head, but if I grew that out, I would look like Bozo the Clown, and that's just not in the cards, okay? I'm tired of wearing a hat or a sock every time I leave the house because let's face it, I'm already pretty rough to look at in the first place. As it is, when I'm walking down the street in public, people are looking at me like I'm a two-headed Bigfoot that just stepped off of a spaceship. Do you think taking the hat off and revealing how bald my head is really helps in those situations? Of course not. It just makes people run quicker and further away from me, screaming in disgust. I mean, honestly, when you look at the top of my head, What's the first thing that pops into your head? You want to know what pops into my head every morning that I shave off what remaining hair I have left? The first thought is, ugh. And then the second thought is, is God damn, the top of my head looks really close to the top of a dick. <laughs> I think I bring new reason to the, or new uh, weight to the term dickhead. I'm a dickhead in more ways than one, not just through my actions, but the resemblance of my head to the tip of a penis. <laughs> and it brought up another point. I've heard this before, and so probably have you, that bald is beautiful. But is it really beautiful? Or is it maybe something that bald people tell ourselves to make ourselves feel just a little bit better? You know what I'm saying? Is bald really beautiful? Or is it just something that us bald fucks convince ourselves of in the mirror every morning so we can get through our day without feeling suicidal or whatnot? You know? Because I'm telling you, the last adjective that I'm thinking of looking at myself here in the monitor is not beautiful. It's about the last thing. We've also heard lately that uh, overweight people are beautiful. Fat is beautiful. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm looking at a 400-pound person, beautiful is about the last adjective on my mind. But then again, beauty is also in the eye of the beholder. 
So I'm going to ask you, is bald beautiful? Or is it just something that we tell each other? Is being overweight really beautiful? I don't know. Maybe it is to some people. It's quite unhealthy. But I think it's just something that we say so we can deal with what we have. So I'm sorry, guys, but I've built up enough courage and bravery to now go hatless. I don't care anymore. I'm done caring. I'm done caring about who's got a mask on and who doesn't, who's vaccinated, who's not. I'm not letting the United States government, media, or social media divide me, my friends, and my family any more than we already are because that's exactly what they're doing. Speaking of that, let's talk about what's racist this week. This is a new segment I think I'm going to do. The world is changing quicker than we can keep up with it, especially here in the United States. And literally, a couple times a day, so I've been told, somebody out there somewhere determines that something is now racist that never used to be racist. And my biggest complaint is, why aren't they sending out a newsletter? I want to receive a newsletter once a week that gives me a whole list of shit that has now been determined racist because unless i know what's been determined racist by the powers that be how am i supposed to unlearn all this racist behavior people already look at me like i'm racist because i'm white and i have a bald head do you think i want to do anything else that gives people the inclination that I could be racist. Of course not. But how am I supposed to correct these racist behaviors if I don't know what's been determined to be racist this week? So here we go. I'm going to let you guys know what I learned this week is now racist so I can stop doing it, and so can you. The first thing that has been determined to be racist this week is cargo shorts. I don't know. I've been wearing cargo shorts my whole life. But evidently, if you're white and you wear cargo shorts, that equation equals the fact that you're racist. And now I know. It's unfortunate that I now have to burn every pair of shorts that I have because they were all cargo shorts. So I don't know what I'm going to wear. I mean, I guess it's kind of a good thing that summer's coming to a close. I'm not going to have to worry about cargo shorts anymore. All of my jeans are just jeans. I don't have any cargo pants. So I'll be set. But I don't know how many months I've been walking around wearing cargo shorts thinking I wasn't racist when the whole time I was racist because I had cargo shirts on, but I never got the memo. So there you go. If you're white, you have to burn your cargo shorts or else you could be deemed as being racist. I don't understand why cargo shorts are deemed racist, just like I don't understand why somebody would wear a mask that doesn't work alone in their car with the windows rolled up, but it is what it is. It's got to be true, right? It came from the news and the internet. Everything on there is true. The next thing that's racist this week is the okay hand signal. I don't know about you guys, but my entire life, I thought giving the okay hand signal meant that everything was okay, especially if you're in a situation like, let's say you're a Navy SEAL. They have to use our hand signals. That way they don't give away their position to the enemy. Have you ever gone scuba diving? Scuba divers under the water, they can't talk to one another. So they use hand signals to let each other know what's going on. So the okay hand signal has been used throughout my lifetime to let somebody know, somebody that can't hear or that you can't speak to, or maybe they're too far away to hear you. Yeah, everything's good. Maybe you dive into a shallow pool and everybody thinks you're dead. Then you come up to the surface and you're like, I'm okay. Everybody knows you're okay. But evidently using that hand signal now means that you're the grand poobah wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Once again, I don't understand it, but the powers that be have determined that that's racist. And it's gotten so far that a lot of first responders, like firefighters, police, EMS, 
they use those hand signals back and forth with each other in a rescue situation. And you wouldn't believe the amount of police and firefighters across America who have been fired because they were at a crime scene communicating through hand signals to their partners and fellow comrades that everything was copacetic. But somebody comes along and says, hey, everybody, that's racist. And then all of a sudden it becomes scripture. So there you go. I got no problem with people telling me that cargo shorts are racist and that hand signals are racist. You know, the next thing I'm going to find out is that if I'm white and I'm wearing a wristwatch on my left hand, that's going to be racist. I'm fine with all of it. I just, I can't correct all my racist traits of wristwatches and hand signals and cargo shorts and white skin unless I know. And like G.I. Joe taught us back in the 80s, knowing is half the battle. So I'm cool if you want to label everything that I do as racist, but how am I supposed to correct this racist action if I don't and you guys don't receive a weekly newsletter letting you know? That's my beef. I don't care if you want to label cargo shorts racist. Maybe they are. I just need the information, guys. That's all I'm trying to say. Next topic of discussion I want to bring up. I'm looking to end this argument here and now for everybody in America. And I hope this portion of my podcast goes viral. I am more than a little sick and tired of people using this as an excuse. Anytime that anybody anywhere is talking about COVID-19 or vaccinations or whether we should be masked up or shouldn't, we get told that we need to shut the fuck up because I'm not a doctor. How many times have you heard that argument? Just do whatever Dr. Kevorkian, I mean Dr. Fauci says to do because fuck, you're not a doctor and he is. Really? I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm a free thinker. I'm the type of dude that likes to come to his own conclusions. Nobody can tell me what to do or how to do it, especially if you're in a position of authority. I don't like authority. Never have, never will. I like to think for myself. I gather information that's thrown at me. Then I sit down and I figure out the equation for myself. But there's too many people in this country that are literally like sheep. There's a Pied Piper playing a tune and there's just a bunch of sheep going, bah, just following the Pied Piper. So I'm going to ask you a question. When does that argument no longer carry any weight that you're not a doctor? I'm going to give you a prime example. You don't need to be a doctor or a plumber or an auto mechanic to call bullshit. And I'm going to give you several examples to try to wake you up to this. Let's say this morning you have a leaky water pipe in your home. You call up a plumber because let's face it, you don't know how to plumb. The plumber comes over and as they're writing up their estimate, they tell you that the last thing they have to do to fix your leaky pipes is to replace your solar panels on your roof. I don't know what solar panels have to do with a leaky water pipe, but fuck, I'm not a plumber, am I? So I should just let the plumber plumb, right? Or should I go, uh, excuse me, Mr. Ass-Cracked Plumber, sir, but what do my solar panels have to do with a leaky water heater? And then a couple's going to walk down the street wearing masks going, well, you're not a plumber, just fucking, no. I'm going to ask questions. You understand? You take your car in today for an oil change and the service advisor comes out to you in the waiting room and says, yeah, miss, you need nine new tires for your car. Are you going to go, well, wait a minute. I thought my tires were okay. And then the second thing I'm thinking is, aren't there only four tires on my car? Why do I need nine? Shut the fuck up. You're not an auto mechanic. You're right. You're right. Call them up and order me nine tires. I'm not an auto mechanic. You understand what I'm saying here, guys? What if Dr. Fauci were to come on the news tonight and said, hey, guess what, America? I got more bad news. 
It's in my understanding that COVID-19 can now get spread by passing in and out of your ear canal. So Dr. Kevorkian wants all of America to wear earplugs out in public. Would you just go, okay, great. Now we got to wear masks and earplugs. Now we'll really be protected. Or would you then go, um, I know I'm not a doctor, but how in the figgity fuck would COVID leak in and out of my ear canal? I'm not doing it until you can give me some kind of sixth grade science fact that explains how a, how a novel uh, viral disease goes in and out of someone's ear canal. I ain't going to do it. Or would you guys just take the stance, well, ooh, I'm not a doctor, so I guess COVID can leak in and out of my ear canal. I'll do you one better. What if Dr. Fauci comes on TV tonight and says, hey, everybody, I got more bad news. Not only does COVID leak in and out of your ears and mouth, in your hands, but it leaks in and out of your ear canals. But, oh, guess what? Now we've discovered COVID-19 can be transmitted by leaking in and out of your toenails. So we want the entire country to now mask up, get vaccinated, wear earplugs, and you have to wear socks and shoes while you're grocery shopping. Would you just go along with Dr. Kevorkian's idea that COVID passes in and out of your toenails? Or would you go, um, I don't get it. Can you explain further? That's all I'm asking every American to do is wake up to the fact that the United States government, social media, and the news media are using this virus now as a tool to instill fear in Americans and make sure that we are all divided fighting each other. Because when we're divided fighting each other over something as stupid as who's got a mask on, we're weak, we're easily manipulated, and we're not paying attention to the bigger shit behind the curtain. Like the 86 million or billion dollars of United States government property, military property that was just left to the Taliban. You don't think that's going to come back and bite us in the ass? What about the fact that if you are an American citizen and you want to travel to Europe or you're a European wanting to travel into the United States, you need to have a COVID passport. But if you just walked from Haiti to Del Rio, Texas, you can just walk right across the border. Just infected to the gills with COVID. No problem. But if you're not an illegal immigrant, you need to prove that you're vaccinated if you fly in on Delta Airlines Flight 101 into JFK. I'm usually not a man for a loss of words, but just explaining that even to myself just made me like lose my train of thought. Like, holy shit, how can people, even if you're left or right wing, how can you not see through this? How can you not see through the hypocrisy and double standards that exist in 2021 as opposed to 2020? It's nuts. So all I'm asking Americans to do is stop telling other Americans that they're not doctors. I'm not a doctor. I'll be the first to admit it. However, I'm also not a complete moron. I am fully aware and I could give you scientific proof that the majority of the masks that us Americans are wearing don't work. Have you seen the viral video of a gentleman that puts every type of face mask known to mankind over his mouth and nose, and then he blows smoke through the mask? Those smoke particles are either much larger or much bigger than the coronavirus, yet the smoke passes so easily in and out of the mask which proves once and for all unequivocally that even the best masks don't work. You putting a two-week-old dirty cloth mask over your face is literally like me 
not having a condom but wanting to have sex with my girlfriend so I run into the kitchen and I put a piece of saran wrap over the head of my dick is it gonna protect me from getting my girlfriend pregnant or an STD maybe but chances don't look very likely according to my magic eight ball I'm just so sick and tired dude of seeing people walk around literally like they're Jesus Christ or Mother Teresa thinking that they're the shit because they have the equivalent of three-week-old underwear across their face thinking that that's gonna somehow save the world just like your black lives matter sign in your yard you know how many people I know on my street that put those signs up that literally don't even have a black friend do you really think that putting a sign in your yard that says that black lives matter and then you just stop right there do you really think that's gonna help the movement do you think someone's gonna drive by your house and see your black lives matter sign and go shit well I didn't I thought all lives matter but I just saw black lives matter in this chick's yard and you know what they're right instilling change in this country people does not come from putting a sign on the back of your car that says kill your television or that my son's an honor student and your son's an asshole sticking a black lives matter sign in your front yard and then stopping there do you think that does anything no it just makes you feel better oh I put a sign in my yard that means I did my part to help the black community bullshit fucking people anyways let's move on so there you go now you know how to combat when people say that you're not a doctor oh and I forgot one of the most important pieces the reason that I say these things it's not only because I have common sense and that I think for myself something you guys may or may not know about me is that I am a germaphobe worse than Howard Stern or even Howie Mandel the same steps that most Americans were taking the first few weeks of COVID lockdown, I had been taking my entire life. The only thing I did differently from pre-COVID to COVID was put a mask on because they were mandatory. So with me being a hypochondriac, germophobic, gorophobic, freakazoid, don't you think that if I really thought that masks work, I would be wearing one everywhere I went the rest of my life if I thought a mask could give me one less flu, one less cold, one less ear infection, one less stomach bug, I would do it in a heartbeat. But I'm not wearing one and I don't want to wear one anywhere. Do you guys understand that? If I thought for even an instant that any type of mask would prevent me from getting sick for the rest of my life I would wear that mask I would sew it physically to my face because I've spent my whole life avoiding getting sick so don't you think that I would wear one of course I would but there was a line with this shit that was drawn in the sand on one side of it was reasonable on the other side was crazy and we have marched about 50 miles past that line of crazy and now I'm asking the rest of America to wake up to what they're doing with this virus people I'm not telling you that you shouldn't wear a mask I'm not telling you that you should I'm not telling you that you should get vaccinated or that you shouldn't your body your choice do what you want all I'm asking all of America to do is wake up to two things this virus is being used now by our government to continue to divide the American people and once we wake up that they're using it against us in that way we can rally together and stop it do you really think by fighting somebody in a store or shooting somebody because they differ from the way you see masks do you think that's gonna solve anything getting into a fight being a Ken or a Karen if you want to wear a mask go for it wear a mask you see somebody not wearing a mask leave them alone at least you have one on you're protected and if you're vaccinated why do you give a fuck if other people aren't the whole reason you got vaccinated was so you don't get sick 
The unvaccinated can't get you sick. So if you're vaccinated, do me a favor and shut the fuck up. And I'm so sick of people like Arnold Schwarzenegger coming on TV saying, fuck your freedom. Howard Stern comes on TV and says, fuck your freedom. You know what, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Howard Stern? How about you guys go fuck your freedom? Fucking assholes working me up here. It's supposed to be comedy. Go, get down, get to the chopper. I'll be back. Fuck your freedom. Everybody should take vaccination. Get to the chopper. Get down. There's a bomb. Please. Cracker, please. I need to start saying that. I obviously can't say the N-word. Even when I'm home alone, I don't say the N-word. If I'm talking to a white person through text and they text me the N-word, I ask them to stop. But I do like that phrase, N-word please. But obviously, I don't have the right to say the N-word, nor would I ever, even when I'm alone. Because I know God's always watching me, and it's not the right thing to say. It's a bad word. But I do have the ability, because I am a cracker or a whitey. I got to bring those back, man. Whitey, awesome. Cracker, awesome. There you go. Cracker, please. Cracker, please. All right, moving on to the next thing, guys. Um, we don't really realize just how strange we are until you have a psychopath like me that lives in your family that can actually point this stuff out. I thought that most families were like my family growing up. When my family was growing up, let's say we were having Sunday dinner, me, my two brothers, mom and dad, the five of us seated around the kitchen table. Let's say a fly were to all of a sudden fly over the kitchen table. All of us, as if a fire alarm went off, would all leave the kitchen table. We would run to an actual weapons locker where we would all pull out the most advanced fly swatters in fly killing technology that was available to man. And then we would go like Navy SEAL Rambo family style on that fly until it ceased to exist. Then we would flush it down the toilet with a stern message to the rest of the fly world. Then we'd high five each other, put our fly swatters away in the weapon locker. Then we would sit back down to dinner and continue eating. So I just thought every family reacted that way when there was an insect in their house. That was up until this summer. Up until this summer, I thought everybody just grew up that way. But I'm realizing that most families or most adults, when they find a bee or a wasp or a fly in their house, they're like, oh, look at that. It's a fly in here. It's on TV. <laughs> Me, if I was to be standing here right now and I saw a fly fly through the studio, I would drop the mic and I would chase after it. And I would hunt this thing like I was hunting Bigfoot. And I wouldn't give up until it was being flushed. So I just assumed every little boy and girl was raised to have that kind of outlook on a fly. And as it turns out, because that's the way me and my brothers were raised in that kind of household, now that we're adults and we have homes and families of our own, we're the same exact way. If any kind of a bug enters me or my brother's houses, it's literally World War III. But to most people, when they get a bug in their house, it's like, oh, shit, there's a bug up there. What's for dinner? It's not a big deal. Then the other thing that ties into this is um, growing up in my father's house, me and my brothers had to learn how to come in and out of the house at a speed that no human being could realistically be held to. During the winter time, we had to literally run in and out of the house door because if the door was held open for more than a split second, we would get yelled at by pops because we were letting the heat out and it was a waste of goddamn electricity. 
Then in the summertime, you really had to get good at getting in and out of that door. Because now in the summertime, if you held the door open for just a split second too long, you were going to get yelled at by dad for letting the cold air out. You're wasting goddamn electricity. But during the summertime, if you left the door open for a split second too long, the chances increased that one of these insects could fly into the home. Right? So literally, now that me and my brothers are older, if you ever watch any one of us or our family members, our kids, whatever, if you watch us go in and out of our home, it's like we're being chased by a ghost. <laughs> Every time I'm out on my deck and I come back into my house, I literally make sure that there's no bugs that are on the door. Then I look around me to make sure that one's not incoming as I'm opening the door. And then I go in and out of that door at a speed that probably no other human being can do. I'm telling you guys, if there was a summer Olympics and the object of this Olympic game was to enter and exit a house and whoever was quickest would win, I would take gold. Nobody can go through a door and close it quicker than I can because that's how we were raised. All because we couldn't let heat out or air conditioning out and especially not the bugs. But what's crazy is this summer, so many people I know, they literally leave a door to their house wide open. And I'm not talking like a screen door or the door is unlocked. I'm talking like they open the door so anything can just fly through. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, back when I was a kid, if me and my brothers like had somehow held my father down so he couldn't move and we forced him to watch as we held the sliding glass door open for a minute in the middle of summer, he literally would have had a heart attack at watching this platoon of bugs coming in the house. He wouldn't have been able to handle it, right? But yet here I am in my 40s looking at somebody else's door and I'm just watching this parade Mosquito, horsefly, housefly, a couple of hummingbirds, a squirrel, you know, every, a mouse just running into these people's door. And I was like, and I'm just like, holy fuck, dude. I could never let that happen in my own home. I would literally have a heart attack. So that's what made me realize, dude. I thought every family literally went Rambo style on a bug when it was discovered. But as it turns out, nah, most families across America, when they see a bug in their house, they're like, oh, there's an ant. Looks like we gotta buy some ant traps. My house, we saw an ant going across the floor. It was like there was a fumble in a football game. We were all diving at it. We, wa <laughs> we wanted to be the first one to get the ant. Fumble, fumble. We'd all be tackling the, I'm telling you guys. And this is what kind of ties into uh, environment, okay? I don't believe any kids are born bad. No kids are born racist. Kids aren't born out of the womb having a serious issue with insects. It's something we're raised with. Any kids that turn out to be an asshole, they probably had asshole parents. If a kid turns out to be a criminal, he probably had a really rough upbringing, probably with no parental figure. I grew up having a hatred for flies because of the environment that I was raised in. So for better or for worse, guys, we definitely take a lot of our family home into our adulthood. And then it takes a psychopath like me to actually find these subtle differences so I can make fun of myself and my family for your benefit. <laughs> All right, what else have we got here? A couple more quick things and I'm going to let you guys go. Something you may or may not know about me is that I have an affliction called lactose intolerance. My body doesn't know what to do when I eat anything containing milk. There's an enzyme that exists in milk. It's called lactose. And it also exists in anything that's made with milk, like cheese and all sorts of other bullshit. 
right? Whipped cream, sour cream, you name it. There is a lot of milk in a lot of products. So with that being said, having been lactose intolerant the majority of my life, it's been a struggle. My body does not contain the proper equipment to break down that lactose enzyme. So, but he, so when somebody like me eats cheese or drinks milk, my body literally views it as being like bleach or Drano or swallowing a Lego. My body's going to go, what the fuck is this? It doesn't belong in here. And then it's going to make it come out any orifice that it can. And it's going to be painful and traumatizing. Therefore, I steer clear of lactose, just like most lactose people do. Now, wouldn't you guys think that somebody who's been suffering from lactose intolerance like me for well over half my life, don't you think I'm pretty well versed in it? I've sought treatment. I've seen specialists. I've gone to doctors. I've looked at alternative products. I've looked at medication. I've taken medication. It's been many years of trial and error. Like I love pizza, but pizza contains mozzarella cheese, does it not? So I needed to figure out, can I have a bite of pizza and not feel like I'm dying? It, it, you know what I'm saying? It took a long time, a lot of trial and error for me to figure out how many slices could I eat before I'm in pain. It's been a long, hard road. Just like it probably would be a large, long, hard road for somebody figuring out how to deal with being diagnosed with terminal cancer. Or maybe they've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Or maybe they've been diagnosed with uh, irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's disease. You get hit over the head all of a sudden with a disease diagnosis. And now you need to become an expert on that disease because now you have to live with it for the rest of your life. So with that all being said, let's say you guys were to meet somebody suffering from one of those diseases today. Would you do what so many people do to me? Let me run you through a typical scenario. I'm over a friend's house. The friend's wife just baked some fresh chocolate chip cookies. They offer me a cookie. John, would you like a cookie? Well, well, well I would love a cookie. Great. What goes great with a cookie? Milk, John, can I pour you a nice glass of fresh, tall, cold milk? Nah, thanks, man. What? You don't drink milk? Honey, everybody, get in here. This guy don't drink milk. What a pussy. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa. I love milk, guys. I just can't have it because I'm lactose intolerant. Now I got 20 people standing around looking at me like I'm Bigfoot going, aw, honey, look at the little poor into lactose intolerance fucker. Aw, oh, you poor thing. And then they ask the next question. Well, John, did you know that they make a pill that you could take that'll make you able to possibly tolerate the lactose? Nah, nah, I, what? Who has been keeping this information from me? You don't think the very first day that I was diagnosed with lactose intolerance, that was literally the first thing we learned is there's a pill you can take. But thank you for bringing it up to me 25 years later. I had forgotten about it. Is that what you guys do? Do you guys offer a cookie to a diabetic? And then call everyone in the kitchen to go, oh, look at this guy with the type 2 diabetes. Have you heard of uh, 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 insulin? Of course the diabetic has heard of insulin, you morons. You guys go up to a little girl with bald head in a, in a mall and go, oh, you look like you're a cancer patient. Oh, yeah, she's got cancer. Have you heard of cook, 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 chemotherapy? It's no different. It's a dumb fucking question. Do you go up to somebody like me that's got a bald head? And you, oh, you're bald. You're follically challenged. Have you heard of Rogaine or a hat or a wig? No, I've never heard of such things.
Do you go up to a 400-pound lady and ask her if she's heard of a salad and a Diet Coke? You don't think somebody suffering from an overweight problem hasn't considered all their options? Literally blurting this type of shit out, guys, is no different than putting a Black Lives Matter sign in your yard and then stopping there. You're not doing it for my benefit. You're actually doing it for your benefit. The Black Lives Matter sign in your front yard literally isn't helping the Black Lives Matter movement. It's just making yourself feel better that you did something about the movement. So yeah, if somebody's suffering from a disease, dude, you don't need to ask them if they've heard of literally the number one cure for that disease. You understand what I'm saying? All I'm asking you guys to do is before you just blurt something out, run through it quietly in your head first. And you might find that, holy shit, had I actually said that, I would have came out looking like an asshole. It's a good thing I played through it in my head first. And believe me, I'm more guilty of this than anybody. I need to think long and hard the majority of the time before I say something because I'm very off-putting at times. The road to hell is paved with the best intentions and that's literally going to be written on my gravestone. I never come at anybody, for the most part, maliciously. But sometimes my actions do come across as being malicious because I'm just so misunderstood by society. So just think before you speak, guys. You know, would you honestly see a guy that's hobbling down the road on crutches and go, oh, you don't have the use of your legs? Have you heard of a woo-woo-woo-woo-woo wheelchair? Would you do that? No. So the next time you come across a little poor lactose intolerant kid like me, you don't need to mention the top two things that we learned at lactose intolerant school. We know there's a pill out there. Thank you very much. Yes, I'm aware that they make lactose-free milk, lactose-free ice cream, lactose-free cheese. I know it all. But thank you. Thank you for your concern. It's been duly noted. Last thing I want to talk about. This is another psychopathic thing that it takes a true psychopath like me to think about because most people don't think like this. All right? But the other day, I was perplexed by a problem that just popped up in my head. I asked myself, if I was to go blind, how would I know when I was done wiping my ass? It's a good question, isn't it? And then that led me down. It, it basically opened up a can of worms or a wormhole. What's that called? A rabbit hole? You wouldn't think that by talking about how blind people wipe that it would open up a rabbit hole between you and your friends, but it did. Because it got me and my friends thinking about a lot of things that I don't think most people think about. And this is why I, I call myself psycho. I'm not a full-on psycho. I'm like Bud Light. I'm psycho light. I'm a functioning psychopath. If I was one rung higher, I'd be, I would be Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> but anyways, I'm thinking to myself, how would a blind person know when they're done wiping? Because as far as I know, and I don't know, and this is where it kind of ties into it. When I think back to when I was two or three years old, however old I was when I was potty trained, I know for a fact that nobody stood next to me and said, okay, once you're done taking a shit, this is what you're supposed to do. I believe my mom or dad, whenever they sensed I was gonna shit or piss in my diaper, they sent me into the bathroom to, to my own personal little plastic John, and then they said, go in that as opposed to your diaper. But nobody stood by my side and said, okay, now that you're done, these are the proper steps that you take. So I don't know whether that's what happened to you guys or whether my parents should have stood next to me and taught me what I'm supposed to do once I'm done evacuating. You understand what I'm saying? So the way I've been doing it my whole life is I 
is I use toilet paper and then I use the wet wipes and I wipe and every time I wipe, I look at the paper. And once the paper is completely clean, that gives me the indication that my asshole is now clean. However, if you're blind, how are you supposed to know that you're done wiping? It's a good question. Now, I've heard that when you lose one of your five senses, that your other four senses become heightened. So I'm wondering, if I was to go blind, maybe my sense of smell would become heightened. Is that how they would do it? Maybe after like the third wipe, you bring the, uh, the tissue paper up to your nose and you go, oh, fuck, that you, you know that you're not done wiping. Then maybe after the 10th wipe, you bring it back up to your nose and you're like, all right, I can still smell some shit, but we're getting there. And then maybe after wipe 20, the blind person brings it up. Now they can't smell nothing. Maybe that's how they do it. I don't know. But as I'm talking with some friends about how blind people might accomplish this act, I discovered once again that I'm vastly different from other people because nobody taught me what to do when I was done taking a dump. And this is what opened up a whole new can of worms. This person I'm talking to evidently was fully trained by his parents on what to do when he was done. I wasn't. So he tells me that he doesn't stand up to wipe. And I start laughing wildly because I thought everybody stood up to wipe after taking a shit. But as it turns out, most people stay seated. But nobody gave me that information at two or three when I was being potty trained. And then I had to look up the stats. Here are the stats, guys. In a recent survey, right, 62% of men, after they're done taking a shit, they stay seated to wipe their asshole, while 38% of men, that's me, we stand up. It gets even more interesting for women, ladies out there. 73% of ladies stay seated once they're done dumping, but 17% of ladies actually stand up to wipe. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I think I would be more apt to stay seated if I was a woman because they have to stay seated when they pee. And I've seen girlfriends and even my fiance pee. She wipes while she's still seated and then she gets up and she flushes, washes her hands, she walks out of the bathroom. But I've actually never seen her wipe, so I'm not sure if she's a stand or a sitter. But because women already have to sit anyways, I would just assume that if I was female, I would have stayed seated. You know? Like, because I'm in my 40s, guys, and I've literally been wiping this way my entire life, my brain can't even conceive why or how somebody can wipe while they're still seated. So now every time I take a shit, before I stand up to wipe, I'm like, how do people do this? Do I raise the left cheek? Do I raise the, white, the, the right cheek? Do I go into the toilet through the grundle? Or do I pass my hand underneath from the backside? Do I wipe front to back, back to front? And oh, by the way, for those of you who do stay seated while you wipe, how do you get your hand down in the toilet to wipe without dipping your hand into the shitty water? Because I don't know about you, but my toilet water is pretty high up. So I don't know, guys. Do you stand and wipe or do you shit and wipe? That is the question. 62% of men stay seated while 38% stand up. And as I'm realizing... I thought most families went family style and attacked flies like my family did, but no, most don't. And most men stay seated while they shit. Me, I stand up. I don't know. I guess I'm realizing that I'm, I'm not quite as normal as I thought I was. But how about you guys? Were you guys just told to shit and piss into the training potty? Or did somebody actually explain to you the whole nine yards? because it wasn't to me. And as it turns out, I've been wiping 
along with the minority of people in this country the wrong way since the get-go. So there you go. Do you stand up or do you stay seated? And if you stay seated, do you raise up the left cheek, the right cheek? Do you go in from the front, the back? And how do you not dip your hand into the toilet? I need to know these things. What would be some of the advantages of staying seated as opposed to standing up? Because me and my friend literally had an hour-long argument. He couldn't believe that I stand up. And I couldn't believe that he stayed seated. So we literally argued for an hour on the phone the pros and cons between standing and sitting after you take a shit. And this is how I spend my days. <laughs> I could be out there saving the planet. I could be out there taking out. I could be out there, you know, like removing a bottle from a turtle's nostril. But instead, I stay home and we have arguments between friends on whether we should stand or sit wiping. Maybe I'm the problem. You're the problem with America. You're <laughs> Anyways, guys, this has been episode number 80 of the Views from the John podcast. I've been your host, comedian John Ares. I hope you guys have had as good of a time today as I have had bringing it to you. I promise. There won't be as long of a gap as there was between episode 79 and this one to episode 81. I've just been busy. Reality Drip Productions, my production company, has actually gotten a lot of business this summer. And I've been so busy working for actual clients on their podcasts and their videos as a producer and editor that I haven't even had time to do my own show. But I do have some special guests line backed up. Even my old co-host, Josh Ryder, somebody we haven't even mentioned in months, he might be coming back for an appearance. So stay tuned. If you guys could do me the biggest favor ever, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple or Spotify, if you could leave a like, if you could subscribe to the channel, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leave a five-star review. Maybe share this show with somebody that you might think might get a laugh or a kick out of it. That is the absolute best and biggest thing that you could do for me. I love you guys. I thank you guys for watching this episode. And uh, yeah, I will be back in a couple weeks with a special guest on episode 81. Until then, be well. And remember, you're not a doctor. <laughs>